Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you lost all sight and your grip starts to slip, take my hand and let's fight, just hold tight. Life will try and take your breath away from our world. I'm here, you're not alone, just hold on. You showed us how strong you are by keeping your faith. Adrian Sutherland and Midnight Shine and Survivor. Adrian uh, Sutherland is from Attawapiskat, born and raised in the community. He's the leader of the First Nations National Award-winning band Midnight Shine. He's been on this program with us several times over the last number of years and spoken about life in Attawapiskat and what it's like to uh, to try to survive in a community where, well, the, the basic necessities of life, like running water, proper running water realities, are are almost impossible to uh, to accomplish. Adrian, thank you for for coming back on the show. I thought of you right away as soon as I saw that uh, the initial story that came out about the remains of 215 children being found near the residential school near Kamloops. I immediately thought of you and what you think you've told us on this program before. So may I just start first of all by saying thanks for coming on today. And what was the impact on you personally? Um, when you first heard about this? Well, Roy, it's my pleasure to be back again. Uh, you know, when I first heard the news, I was actually leaving, um, uh, out, going out to the bush uh, on a on a one-week um, trip with some family. And, uh, I mean, I couldn't believe it. It was just, I didn't even have time to process what I was reading. And uh, I was in shock um, in some ways. I knew these stories were true. I know people in my own life that have seen um, other children disappear and be murdered and were told that if they were to speak speak of what they saw that then they themselves would be would be killed. You know, this is this is uh, something um, uh, some of the stories that I've heard in my own in in my own uh, communities here in, in James Bay. So it is shocking though to finally <clears throat> i guess see the truth and and the truth the truth came out um when that story uh, hit a lot of people in this country and uh there's no denying these stories that we've been hearing all this time now um and the rest of the week out on the land it just it was in on my mind the entire time i think uh thinking about those families and thinking about those children, uh, having children of my own, grandchildren of my own, and thinking of my grandparents and my and my mom and all my family that uh, that spent time in the residential schools, uh, especially my grandparents, um, having to, you know, let their children go to the school, uh, St. Anne's specifically here in in, in the James Bay region. Um, so just, just, you know, my thoughts were with a lot of, you know, those people that I know. And then of course the, the families of those, those poor, um, children, innocent children, um, that were found. Adrian, what, um, what are your grandparents, what did your grandparents tell you about 
what went on in those residential schools. What's being talked about in Attawapiskat from by families who have a direct um, relationship with with those schools by having had family members forced to attend there? What happened in there? Well, my my grandparents didn't speak too much about this, the residential schools. I know that they were on the land um, at the time of the children, like my, my mom and my aunts were taken from them. Um, they really didn't have any choice in, in the matter. Um, and really, the, the, they're, they're were, they were going to, if they didn't cooperate um, with the mission and with the Indian agents, um, they weren't allowed to trade uh, with the trading posts. Uh, specifically, Atawapskit had its own currency through the mission um that you could only spend here so you were not allowed to trade or do anything so you were basically uh outcasted uh from from the rest of society at that time so it was a very difficult uh, decision for a lot of people and and the 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 idea of education that was presented to our people was that um their kids were going to learn the ways of the white people um the ways of the europeans and I guess the way the way of uh, Western Western civilization, uh, and they it was presented to them in a way that was a positive thing, right? Because the people at the time, my grandparents, they faced starvation, they faced all sorts of hardships out there, uh, and they they wanted something better for their children. And uh, I remember um, some of the the discussions that I heard um, about. The discussion, uh, the discussions that were going on in those days, um, were you know people honestly wanted their children to have a better life, so they thought that letting them go to these schools would, you know, grant them that having an education and learning these, you know, a, a better way than living off the land um, it would be a lot, a lot less uh, hard. And um, so then, and then, and then we, you know, when we talk about my own mom's story and the. Some of the, which I just recently learned about, um, it, it's tough to listen to that stuff. You yeah. you get angry. You know, it's, uh, it made me really angry. Your song, Survivor. Tell us what the genesis for the song was, and what the message of the song is. Well, I think, <clears throat> generally speaking, uh, I think anyone that's gone through something very traumatic, uh, or even you know, different hardships that we all have to go through in life. We each experience our own difficulties in in in, in this life. Um, so I was writing about, you know, um, what I thought it would be like, uh, what I thought, I, I guess, would I try to put myself in someone's shoes who's been directly impacted by someone who's had cancer or someone who's, um, who's lost someone they love through um, through death, um, so those are the kinds of places I was trying to go to when I wrote that song. Um, and you know, people survive all sorts of uh, tragedies, and, and um, uh, I guess, um, for example, if we look at the residential school um, impacts, um, I think Indigenous people have been surviving for such a long time you know and that's what i would describe my life as here 
growing up here in Anawapiskat, I feel like I've been enduring uh, life. It's been really hard. You know, it's been tough. I've been grinding and grinding and grinding. Mm-hmm. And there are so many other people like me. So uh, I would describe myself as just surviving, you know, just to get by um, uh, and, and look after myself, my family, and as many people as I can, friends, uh, community members, elders. Uh, so that's, that's you know, my own experience. I guess that's what I kind of wrote, yeah. uh, where that song came from. Now, you've talked to us about what life is like at Attawapiskat, and, and I want to ask you what your thoughts are about uh, Sir John A. MacDonald and statues and acknowledgments of Sir John A. MacDonald uh, in today's society, and Egerton Ryerson as well. There are students at Ryerson University who are refusing to um, to use the name any longer. Some have just used an X now instead of Ryerson. But but before before I do that, uh, talk, talk to us a little bit about life in Attawapiskat. How difficult is day-to-day life in Attawapiskat? Let's start with the, just the fact of uh, how difficult it is to get the daily clean water supply that you need. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, water, as you know, has been a, has been an issue here in, in our community and a lot of other First Nation communities in this country and has been for a very long time. Um, I still collect my drinking water and jugs every day. Um, I sometimes collect snow uh, water, uh, water from the river, uh, melt ice, that's something I do actually uh, quite a bit during during the winter months. Um, I really don't know what's going on with the water. Like I'm basically in the dark. Um, I know that some work has been done on the system, the current system we have, and the uh, water dispensaries where we collect our drinking water they have been replaced. Uh, but as far as the the main water treatment facility, that the, the water that comes from our faucets. I really don't know uh, what's going on. I mean, there's been no information uh, that we have been privy to anyway. So I'm still following the don't bathe longer than two minutes. Don't wash your food in it. Don't breathe the vapors from the faucets because that's the last information that we got. Well, it was a year and a half ago, two years, going on two years now. Um, and I, I've certainly asked. So um, when, we, when we talk about water, and I mean, that's just one of the most important things. I mean, you cannot live without water like try try not drinking water for a day you know at the end of the day you're going to feel pretty miserable um so it's very important you know it's uh it's something um i think a lot of people take for granted in this country um and until you don't have access to drinking water i think uh you have no clue what it's like and how difficult it can be yeah do you have hope, and we've talked about how difficult the living conditions are in many homes in Attawapiskat, particularly in the, you know, in the dead of winter when it's brutally, brutally cold and the, the housing is um, really substandard and, it's, and, and, and people are allowed to live that way and forced to live that way in this country and it's terribly disturbing, but it's not something that's talked about long enough, often enough, and with much, enough determination in Canada. Do you have a sense that because of the recent development, the developments over the last week with the discovery of the remains of 215 children in those uh, unmarked burial sites, do you have a sense that things are going to substantially change and become better? We have the Prime Minister calling on the Pope to apologize. Um, we also have the same Prime Minister who, uh, in 2016, when protesters from uh, Gracinaro's First Nation appeared at a liberal fundraising event after having bought a ticket 
and and complained about and called on the prime minister to change things as far as their water supply was concerned, and their water is dangerous to their health. Trudeau's response was, thank you for your contribution. He apologized for that later. He also, um, by letter, committed to visiting Atawapiskat, your former chief, Bruce Shishish, called this program and said that letter was written in 2016. The prime minister still hasn't arrived. So is it your sense that things will substantively change, or do you think that if it's left to it, left alone, that this current crisis, this current crisis of conscience, is not going to change? Well, it's 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 hard it's hard to say. You know, um, honestly, I I'm tired. Like a lot of other people are tired of talking about reconciliation and talking about the water and talking about the housing crisis, uh, the lack of infrastructure uh, that exists in these communities. Um, not a whole lot has changed in the last 20, 30 years. Like, I haven't seen anything. Like, uh, my internet is, is is crap. I mean, it goes out on and off. And I'm just tired of complaining about it because I've become so annoying, I'm sure, to the people that are in the position of authority and in the position of power to improve these services. You know, like, I guess I I I, I, I preach Bell Canada all the time. I took just, like... I'm just tired, you know, like, uh, in, in recent events, like, obviously, we know that um, a lot of people are very upset, you know, Indigenous Canadians, non-Indigenous Canadians. I've been watching uh, um, um, a lot of the social media feeds. Um, you know, it's just, that's all I see now. And I guess, I, I suppose that's a good thing, because now people um, are, you know, starting to talk about these things and it's like, yeah. I can't believe like this country that we live in um, has done such horrible things and, and these atrocities against First Nations people uh, and children particularly. I mean, oh my goodness, like it's so, you have to think, okay, is this the shift? Is this the point where we start shifting this, this huge ship that we're in um, it's a big ship to steer, and how do we how do we start turning this around and getting it going in the right direction? Because now the, the truth is out. Because there can be no reconciliation without the truth. We know that, and there's been a lot of dead uh, dead air um, in the last several years about reconciliation. Uh, in my mind, uh, and there's like there's there's many different paths forward. I think um, we talk about culture. You know, culture matters, and how do we how do we support culture uh, in these communities, and how we how do we support because culture is, is where we're going to to find our healing um, in revitalizing the culture and the belief systems that we've had that are still there, um, and how, how how do we start supporting us? How do we like we need help building strong institutions in these communities because we're lacking the capacity. You know, we lack the education. We lack. We just lack the, the capacity to be able to to do that work. You know, it's very technical work. Uh, strategic planning uh, and implementing these plans uh, uh, is something we just don't know how to do um, because it's foreign to us in a lot of ways. You know, predominantly we're Cree-speaking communities, and here in the far north. And a lot of our kids that go to school end up leaving and don't come back because there's no housing. The water is poisonous. Um, you know, there's a there's a there's a drug epidemic. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Like, uh, we know how we need that support. You know, to be able to build up the institutions in our communities. Um, we need uh, to foster 
um, a healthy business environment for businesses. I'm a business owner um, here in the community, and this, uh, you know, I, I feel like it, it, there's no support, you know, from coming from the community at all. And when you're when you're trying to get outside support from banks and other under other lenders, it's it's a real challenge, you know. I mean, it's I mean, let's get real. Let's get real. Let's actually you know start sitting down let's all sit at the big table together and figure this out you know i mean it's it's in my mind it could be done um and i'm sure in a lot of other people's minds in this country this can this can done the healing can start and we have to do this together adrian the issue of um you said that you have hope moving forward so let's move this to the younger generation of first nations peoples how are they responding? What do the younger generation want? And if I asked a younger generation First Nations person, I'm asking you as well, what should happen to statues commemorating John A. Macdonald or Egerton Ryerson? What should happen? What do you think? Well, I think everyone would agree that it doesn't matter which generation. My children um, have said that these statues should come down. Um, I believe that these statues should come down because they they <clears throat> commemorate the uh, you know an era in this country where indigenous indigenous peoples were were mistreated um, and, and and very badly mistreated um, by the policies imposed by these people uh, like Sir John A. Macdonald who wanted to kill the Indian in us, um, by the way, who didn't succeed in doing so. Um, you know, we we may have lost a lot of um, different parts of who we are, um, but we've been able to reclaim it through each other. Um, uh, for sure, definitely, I think these statues should come down, and, I, and, and there should be no, no dispute about it. Um, they just are really a sore spot, I think, in in our country's history. And what responsibility do you think the Catholic Church has? The Prime Minister has said he has asked for an apology from the Pope. What do you think? Yeah, I think an apology would probably be a, um, a, the right thing to do. Uh, you look at the, the churches in our communities here now, um, I honestly, I mean, I was raised Catholic, like uh, everybody my age, uh, my generation, we were raised Catholic. Uh, my grandparents were very spiritual. Um, my grandfather was uh, practiced traditional spirituality, but my grandmother was uh, really de- devoted her life to the to the Roman Catholic Church. So, I mean, we had to go to church every Sunday. There was just no, there was there was just no way around it. Um, uh, but I always had j- difficulty understanding why they were so devoted, you know. And, and I think it always comes back to that we were very spiritual people. Um, and, it, 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 you know, we we believed in Creator, we believed in God, and these, th- this religion was put on us. Um, and we had, uh, I guess, we, we were taught to not, um, you know, knock other people's religions and... So I think that's where a lot of that came from. But now when you look at the church now, like, I mean, all the churches are empty. Like nobody, No one's going to church, especially the younger generation. My generation, too, there's not very many people in the churches. So um, 
so there's obviously you know not a lot of faith in 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 the Roman Catholic Church. Um, okay. People are people are. I, I, I know personally, I just find it difficult to 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 follow a religion you know that has caused so much harm uh, Ad- to our people. Adrian, it's it's always. Um, a learning experience for me when I speak with you. And I deeply appreciate you coming on the program today and spending as much time as you have with us and speak to this issue which this country really has to learn to deal with and address and redress. Thanks again. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.